God said I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show, and congratulations. We all made it to 2024. If you're listening to this, you made it. You're in. So this is the new year. Happy New Year, everybody. And uh, uh, let's hope that uh, I read something. I was like 306 more days until Trump gets reelected to be the president, uh, 47th president of the United States. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of rigging going on, a lot of wrangling and rigging because the Democrats are pure evil and they don't have ideas. They're chasing ballots. They're opening the border, flooding the border with slave labor that makes the corporations happy, that uh, generate donorship. Uh, where the corporations pay off the Democrat politicians to help them win elections. These are all BlackRock-owned companies because the small mom and pop aren't hiring these, uh, you know, these Egyptians or wherever they're coming from. It's not the small mom and pop stores that are doing that. It is the BlackRock-owned multinational corporate uh, companies that, that, exploit the slave labor, the cheap labor. At the same time, the same party wants to create a minimum wage in California, for example, of $20 an hour. That's not, if that's not going to result in a kiosk and an automation burger flipper, I don't know what. They, got, they already have robotics and anything else uh, to, to, to make these burgers. They're going to cut the employee, employee staff down to next to nothing. You're going to be going to Burger King or McDonald's one day and you're not even going to deal with a person. You're just going to you know, push a button and something's going to come out and you're going to pay and you're going to order all through a kiosk. So be careful what you wish for. Um, 
You know, these entry-level jobs are disappearing before, before our eyes. And we have a lot of other things. Um, there's uh, new information that's being revealed uh, related to Fauci and his connections with the CIA. I went back over the break and I was looking at um, where the Scott Adams show was on the Fauci thing. We were one of the first. I think we probably were the first uh, on the Scott Adams show to talk about Fauci being a uh, bioweapon uh, CIA operative, you know, a clandestine oper- operative, that he was untouchable, that he could go before the committees and he just looked arrogant. You know, he sounded arrogant. He sounded overly confident. You know, a guy like that without, if he's just a simple bureaucrat, right, doctor, he should have been panicking. But he came with this like little little man syndrome tough guy thing, right, Fauci. Little man syndrome, tough guy. And he, uh, that's because he was connected with the Department of Defense and the CIA and USAID. And they're throwing billions of dollars around, buying up favor, paying off people to change their testimony. That's what we found out over the break. A lot of new information's coming out. And it says, CIA confirms COVID leak leaked from Wuhan lab, exposes CIA bribe. A CIA whistleblower told Congress that the agency offered officials on a team investigating COVID-19 origins significant monetary incentive to change their position from COVID originated out of the leak, out of a leak from the Wuhan lab to unable to determine the origins. So here's what they said. According to the whistleblower, at the end of its review, six of the seven members of the team believed that intelligence and science were sufficient to make a low-confident assessment that COVID-19 originated from a laboratory in Wuhan. The seventh, seventh member of the team, who also happened to be the most senior, was the one officer to believe COVID originated through zoonosis. Quote, Winstrup, House Coronavirus Subcommittee Chairman and Turner, House Intelligence Committee Chairman, wrote to CIA Director William Burns, so COVID leaks from a Chinese lab. The U.S. also funded this lab. The U.S. agencies worked with professionals and Chinese counterparties to lie in the world, lie to the world. Media globally censored censors the truth the world calls the truth a conspiracy theory and we should be okay with it is this the new world we live in so yeah we're going to listen to what fauci had to say here let's take a listen group of highly qualified evolutionary virologists looked at the sequences there and the sequences in uh bats as they evolve and the mutations that it took to get to the point where it is now is totally consistent with a jump of a species from an animal to a human so i mean the the paper will be available i i don't have the authors right now but we can make that available too god what a con artist what a liar what a scumbag dr fauci and these democrats just fall in love with him 
You know, it's it's absolutely crazy. The whistleblower told Congress that the CIA assigned seven officers to a COVID discovery team, which consisted of multidisciplinary and experienced officers with significant scientific expertise. So Fox News put this out on their website. Whistleblower alleges CIA offered officials money to change view of COVID origins. Intel community has not concluded whether COVID was spurred by lab leak or natural exposure. This is all coming out of the State Department. You don't think for one second they weren't running chemical weapons out of Iraq and Syria and storing them in Ukraine, figuring the worst case scenario is that Russia gets gets hit with the uh, virus if there's a lab leak out of, uh, you know, metabiota or some other bio, you know, and we know this because Victoria Newland, right? She, she admitted it and that she was afraid that the bio labs in Ukraine were going to get into the hands of the Russians. And of course, Russia, that was one of the reasons why they went into Ukraine. It's like, you guys are doing a whole bunch of stuff that the United States isn't signing off on. And a lot of politicians are getting rich. You got the blind leading the blind. Nobody knows what the heck is going on. But you got these bio labs that, you know, who knows, generate cancer or cause pandemics. And you got these bio labs, you're storing all kinds of weapons that aren't part of the, the treaty. You know, we have, uh, we have, for example, you know, um, a arms treaty that limits what we are allowed to develop and and how much we're allowed to develop. And if we're doing this on the black market with the help of people like Kofor Black and Mitt Romney and doing all kinds of weapons trading in exchange for oil and natural gas, and that's where Burisma comes in, some of these jokers think that they're patriots, that they're doing the dirty work for the United States that the United States isn't allowed to do per treaty. So they're going to do it on the black market and they call themselves patriots as they make millions, if not billions of dollars, getting collecting yachts as forms of payment. Nothing is what it seems. But the Ukraine is a hot mess that never needed to happen. But for the fact that we had nothing but corruption since minimum 2014, with the help of Mitt Romney and Kofor Black, who had fingerprints all over the 2014 revolution in Ukraine. And fast forward, you know, Lindsey Graham and John McCain and Amy Klobuchar over there selling weapons with their backers, their financiers, planting seed money and producing these weapons on the black market, securing major profits. And that's why, you know, when President Trump became president in 2016, that is why Lindsey Graham and John McCain, Lindsey Graham was worth over $100 million, uh, and John McCain and Amy Klobuchar were filmed over there. On New Year's Eve 2016, during the president-elect Trump, while Obama was still president, because they knew once Trump got in, he was going to clean up the mess 
that was left behind by the corrupt politicians, people like Lindsey Graham, who are corrupt as the day is long. So, here, we got this COVID-19 excerpt. It says, uh, well, we're going to play this in a second, but we're going to also play this Bill Gates one. Bill Gates was in on it. He was part of the cover-up. He was the one that was going to make huge profits. You don't believe me? I mean, Bill Gates, he was making, what, 20% return on investment? He was making a mint. He was getting rich, like as if he needs any more money, right? I mean, Bill Gates. Let's take a listen to this one. $10 billion in vaccinations over the last two decades, and you figured out the return on investment for that, and it kind of stunned me. Can you walk us through the math? Over a 20 to 1 return. So if you just look at the economic benefits, uh, that's a pretty strong number compared to anything else. I think the numbers that you ran through were if you had put that money into an S&P 500 and reinvested the dividends, you'd come up with something like $17 billion, but you think it's $200 billion. Here, yeah. Yeah, $200 billion to build Bill Gates, right? On vaccines. That's the kind of money we're talking about. And here he is with a voice uh, talking about net zero and food supply. They want to go after your food supply now. Bill Gates speaking at the World Economic Forum in order to achieve net zero, aggressive carbon taxes need to... So he wants to tax you into oblivion now that he's made his $200 billion. Who are we really going to make it from a uh, fossil-based fuel society into a renewable society? Where do you see the new real breakthroughs? Well, the rich countries uh, have to play a central role, both funding R&D and uh, having... Policies, in some cases, uh, carbon taxes will be used uh, to drive the demand uh, for these clean products. And only by doing that in an aggressive way will the economic costs uh, be brought down enough that we can turn to all the middle-income countries uh, and say, okay, you know, change your whole cement uh, industry, change your whole steel industry, uh, and yet... You know, it's not holding you back uh, from, uh, you know, your uh, economic growth. Uh, The number of companies working on these things is very exciting. Um, And some of them will fail. A lot of them will fail. Uh, But, you know, we only need uh, a a reasonable number, a few dozen of them, uh, to make it through. And that's what we have to accelerate. Human ingenuity is great. Uh, we create the right incentive system, you know, get the uh, private sector companies uh, engaged in this in a deep way. Uh, that's, you know, that's what the solution looks like. Uh, one of the hardest things mankind has ever done, but, but worth doing. It's scary how much power and influence he has. He's not elected to anything. He's a monster. Um, he's a radical left-wing nut job. And now... You know, with the uh, Epstein list that's made its way out. Yeah, the flight logs, they they came out over the break. And, uh, you know, they got got Bill Clinton dead to rights. He's John Doe 36 or something like that. They got him. So, you know, when are these people going to get thrown in jail for this stuff? 
it used to be that if you were a pedophile, you went to jail. I just don't understand what, what kind of world we're living in where there's two standards of justice. It doesn't not make any sense to me. But it's so obvious, so clear as the day is long. I mean, so clear. It's unbelievable. So uh, there's new fallout also with the main, uh, the main Secretary of State, Shenna Bellows. Remember, she took Trump off the list. Democrats are throwing her under the bus now. She's probably going to be impeached for what she did. Just unbelievable stupidity. Um, she is not a lawyer. She doesn't know anything about anything. She was never elected. She was appointed. And somebody got paid off to appoint her. That's like Soros money coming in and saying, we want you to pick Shanna Bellows. She's a radical left-wing nut job from the Southern Poverty Law Center. As radical as you could possibly get. Serving as Secretary of State in a state like Maine. And, you know, who happens to have a pseudo-conservative senator. So it can't be that far left-wing. Although Maine is probably pretty liberal. But man, I'll tell you, even the Democrats can't swallow this pill. And the Democrats, I mean, blacks, voters are starting to turn their back on Joe Biden. Joe Biden, his brain is pudding. They interviewed him when the ball was dropping on the ABC show. I didn't watch it. But I saw the clip afterward, after the fact, and Joe Biden is out to lunch. And he's losing in every demographic. He's losing the Latino vote because they don't like the open borders uh, just as much as the next guy. The open borders are off the hook. December, first time ever, over 300,000 people came through our borders illegally. Mayorkas, those 15 Republican congressmen, for them to not impeach Mayorkas, for them to vote that way and not impeach, shame on them. They're doing this, obviously. We've said it since the beginning. We've never deviated from that. They're doing it on purpose. Slave labor, but more importantly, they're turning those um, into motor voter IDs. And although they may not be legally allowed to vote, the liberal union that belongs to the U.S. Postal Service, full of radical left-wing nut jobs in the U.S. Postal Service is going to be the custodian of all the ballots that go and get delivered in stacks so that ballot harvesters can pick them up and get paid to fill them out to the tune of tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars and drop them off with a mask on at drop boxes. I mean, they got video coming out resurfacing There was so much election fraud in 2020, it wasn't even funny. And yet nobody wants to talk about it. Our country is going to hell in a handbasket. Here we got 2024, an opportunity to take it back. And we should, and we will. So, you know, it says here, President Bill Clinton has been identified as Doe 36 and is mentioned in more than 50 of the redacted filings 
from a 2015 legal case brought by one of Epstein's accusers. They got pictures of him dressed up in all kinds of freaky gala. So yeah, let's take a look. The evidence is very clear that his natural... Uh, so this is what uh, Bill Clinton, I mean, Bill Gates said uh, with regard to uh, the CIA cover-up. I mean, for COVID. He went along with Fauci's narrative. Watch. You just referenced intentional <clears throat> pandemics. Do you um, harbor any doubts about the origins of COVID-19? No, the evidence is, is very clear that it's naturally caused. Um, you know, it's a, a bad virus and a we're going to have virus. natural epidemics. And sadly, we may have some unnatural epidemics in the future. You just- As he makes a 21, 20 to 1 return on investment for vaccines, he's laughing all the way to the bank. Well, we got to clean up the radical left-wing nut jobs in our universities. Here is a professor from the University of Minnesota encouraging students to dismantle the United States of America. And so it's our responsibility as people who are within the United States to go as hard as possible to decolonize this place because that will reverberate all across the world because the U.S. is the greatest predator empire that has ever existed, right? And so we want U.S. out of everywhere, We want U.S. out of Palestine. We want U.S. out of Turtle Island, right? And that the goal is to dismantle the the settler project that is the United States um, for the freedom and the the future of all life on this planet. Um, It very much depends upon that. And so I I can't believe this person's vote counts the same as mine. It's just insane. You know, more and more exposure is coming out about black people and black crime and uh, you know, this isn't new that what you're about to hear, but this is a Thomas Sowell piece. But there is a, a lot of video coming out. Like there was this guy, very, uh, a lot of curse words. I couldn't play it, but he was going through Detroit and all these other slums in, in America. They're all run by liberals, mayors. And, you know, basically the suggestion is, what Amy Wax said in 2005 on the Bill O'Reilly show, the trick is the only way out of the dilemma that, that has plagued the black population and communities is they're going to have to figure it out themselves. They're going to have to pull up their bootstraps and get out of this. That, that white people can't fix black people's problems. Black people need to fix black people's problems. And part of it is they need to um, stop, you know, stop having uh, kids out of wedlock and, uh, you know, and, and try to mend the broken families. Get off the government plantation of civil, you know, these civil uh, rights uh, error affirmative action aid. Affirmative action is not helping anybody. Uh, the welfare programs aren't help, aren't helpful. They keep uh, populations down. And the interesting part about it is black people are starting to wake up realizing that the George Floyds of the world, that everybody sort of wants a George Floyd. The Democrats want George Floyd because they can control him. Do you remember going back in the days of boxing and Muhammad Ali was this upstart and they all liked, you know, Sonny Liston or they all liked Joe Frazier or they all liked 
um, Floyd Patterson because there were these good blacks as opposed to these brash, upstart, opinionated, independent-thinking black people and white America, white Democrats. You know, and so Malcolm X kind of spelled that out, too. It's kind of interesting. You know, when he said the white liberal is the one you need to fear the most because they come like sheep, but they're really the fox. And, you know, Republicans sort of give it to you straight. They wear their they wear who they are on their sleeve. And so Malcolm X was making that point. But this is an interesting little piece from Thomas Sowell. And let's take a listen. But as I look at the data, I don't find any correlation between the degree of racism and the degree to which groups advance. That is, if you look at the history of the Chinese in Southeast Asia, uh, the hostility they have encountered there will compare with any hostility blacks have encountered here. Uh, there have been a number of occasions in the history of Southeast Asia where the number of Chinese killed in a few days exceeded all the blacks lynched in the history of the United States. So they are enormously hated. What about Jews? You, you the Jews, it. of course. The same, the same thing has happened with the Jews in numerous times. Thousands kill here, thousands kill there. And of course, under the Nazis, millions killed. The groups, incidentally, which have suffered the most violence, and I use that as one index of group hostility or racism, those groups have typically been middleman minorities. The Chinese, the Jews, the Armenians, uh, the Igbos in Nigeria, 30,000 of those were killed in massacres uh, just uh, within our time. Um, and yet I don't find any correlation in the long run between the economics uh, and the political hostility. So that's interesting, yeah, right? But I'm going to follow it up with this one. And this is kind of interesting too. All right, this is the George Floyd piece. Floyd is the Democratic Party's prototypical black man. These are the black men they are trying to create. So George Floyd has to be elevated. He has to be celebrated. He's perfect to them. He was poor. He was uneducated. He was a drug addict. He didn't have a job. To a white Democrat, this is the perfect black man. Because this is how they see black America. They see us the same way they see George Floyd. And they have to make more of us. You know, John F. Kennedy stood in front of the uh, Berlin Wall in the 60s and said, if you think that communism is great, let them come to Berlin. Well, if you think that the Democratic Party is great, let them come to Detroit. Let them come to Chicago. Let them come to St. Louis. Let them come to L.A., Portland, Seattle, Memphis, anywhere where they rule. You will see George Floyd's all over the place. And they're proud of them. In Baltimore, Maryland, they spend $21,000 per child. Not one school is proficient in math, science, or reading. But they keep it going every year. Why? Because they're producing George Floyd's. Why would you want more people like that? Because he votes for the Democrat Party. And then he teaches his children to vote for the Democrat Party. See, that's it. That's just it. I mean, that's what they want to do. They want to just string you along. And black people are starting to wake up to that. They're starting to see these old clips of Joe Biden, you know, talking about a little dime of crack cocaine and you'll go to jail for a long time and blah, blah, blah. You know, that that uh, 1994 uh, crime act. Right. That that, uh, I think uh, ended up with the unintended result of incarcerating a disproportionate number of black people. And they're starting to realize, oh, that was the Democrats. It was Trump that actually kind of was trying to straighten this out under Trump years. And the Latinos, again, same thing. They're, they're upset about the open borders. And there's a lot of good Latino families that are being torn apart and they're, they're being discriminated against right now because... People are fed up with this whole open border thing and they're lumping and stereotyping 
people into a group. You know, if I was Latino, I wouldn't want to be associated with that lawlessness that's going on on the on the open border, the exploitation. I wouldn't want to be, you know, rolled up into that. So I would be uh, someone that would be against that because it's embarrassing that my people are behaving that way, that are just breaking every law and be allowing themselves to be exploited by white liberal Democrats that they find in these universities, take, take, talking out of both sides of their mouth. It's, it's a bit crazy. And these open borders, I mean, these people are coming from Egypt. Listen to this. Filmed yesterday. Sing, all single Middle Eastern men known exactly where they're going. Criminal invaders. Let's take a listen. Mexico? Where are you from? Egypt. 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 Holy cow. Don't listen to him. Egypt, 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 huh? Okay. Where in America? New York. Cairo. Are you going to New York? Or Chicago? Boston? Boston, okay. Uh, Egypt? Yes. Okay, far. From Egypt to here. Long journey. Uh, oh, no English, huh? No English. Okay, okay. How many days? Today? Today, yeah. Today, you got here today. All right. Well, thank you. All men, though. No family, no wives, kids. No, all by yourself. One wife. One wife. Uh, wife. Uh, no kids. No, What do you think, man? Crazy. Yeah. This is uh, this is guerrilla camps. I mean, really, what it comes down to, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's no other word for it. I yeah. mean, they have livings, they have yurts, permanent establishments. These yeah. are guerrilla camps. Yeah. Guerrilla fighters. That's what they are. <laughs> Just being allowed to roll into our country because Biden and Mayorkas. They're, and here's Biden uh, on New Year's Eve. As the uh, right before the ball drops, right? He's on Ryan Seacrest, I guess. Ryan Seacrest asked Joe Biden about his favorite memories of 2023. This is what he what he had to say. So many people through the Midwest, in the center of the country, their factories were shipped overseas. The last couple of times out, scary. Biden's brain is pudding. As you look back and reflect on 2023, what sort of, of memories, highlights stand out for you? Well, one of the big highlights stands out for me is my dad used to have an expression. He'd say, Joey, Joey a job's about a lot more than the paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. So many people through the Midwest and, and in the center of the country, their, their factors are shipped overseas the last couple of times out. And, and they were losing hope and faith. So we brought a lot of jobs back to the United States. People are in a position to be able to make a living now, and uh, they've created a lot of jobs, over 14 million. And uh, I guess when I'm, I, I just feel good that the American people got up. They've been through a rough time with pandemic, but now we're coming back. They're back. As you, yeah, he doesn't know what he's saying. Joe Biden sitting there. She's lost her neck for some reason. She she looked like a frumpy old battle axe, wearing this really ugly dress. And, I mean, Ryan Seacrest keeps calling her Dr. Jill Biden. Doctor, doctor, doctor. I mean, it was like doctor, doctor. Uh, 
and she's got like got to be about as dumb as a bag of rocks. Uh, it's just unbelievable the media bias and them them not covering real stories. So I want to get into some some of the globalist movements that are happening, and um, because our food is being targeted as, um, you know, our food is being targeted, right? So that's one. Two, uh, I, I have a clip from Whitney Webb. Uh, basically, conducted these simulation, the election simulations. So we're in an election year. We're being attacked by globalists. It sounds like you know a, a horror film or some action adventure that's not believable. But we're living through it right now. So I want to start with. Uh, one of my favorite pundits, uh, Eva Vlardingerbrook, and she's talking about uh, farms, uh, farmers being under attack, and it's all about control. Let's take a listen to what she has to say. In 2019, the courts ruled that the Netherlands was actively in a nitrogen crisis. And that ruling has been the basis for our government to crack down on our farmers' rights and even move towards expropriation of their land. The nitrogen crisis does not exist. It's a pretext. It's a lie. The nitrogen crisis is a manufactured crisis created by bureaucrats in The Hague and in Brussels. The attack on farming in the Netherlands is part of a bigger global agenda that is centered around control. In fact, it's the typical, I would say, the typical globalist strategy. They create a crisis. Boy, have we seen that in the past few years, you know, what that looks like. They create a crisis, and then they say, well, and the answer to this crisis, the solution to this crisis is you giving up your rights. Not us, but you. And that's exactly what is happening here with the Dutch farmers. So remember how I said earlier in this speech that um, the farmers need to give up their, their farms before 2030, specifically that year? Yeah, so that's not a coincidence. That year doesn't come out of nowhere. So that year is basically the deadline that our global elites have given our country and will probably give you um, to abide by these new regulations. And that agenda is called the 2030 Agenda. And now I have a slide showing you what that entails. So the 2030 agenda is a United Nations agenda. So there we go. Everybody is part of the United Nations, right? The entire world. And this agenda consists of 17 what they call sustainable development goals. And when you take a look at them right there, you're like, well, what's wrong with that? You know, they all seem very noble. No poverty, no hunger. Who could be against that? However, if we take a closer look at how they actually want to accomplish all of this, anybody with two functioning brain cells realizes that this cannot happen unless there is an active and maybe even forceful redistribution of goods, foods, property, and our rights, which basically comes down to the obliteration of all of our basic liberties uh, and our rights. And these goals, as I said, are not restricted solely to the Netherlands. They are global. And that's where we see their true motive. The people behind this want to establish 
a one-world government, a new world order in which they decide what we eat, when we eat, where we travel, when we travel, who we meet, and what we are allowed to spend our money on. Basically, control over every single aspect of our lives. And I'm sure that many of you have heard the, the famous sentence from Klaus Schwab, you know, where he says, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, right? Yeah, that's this agenda. So why are the people behind this agenda specifically targeting farmers? Well, it's because obviously they really want our way of life and the things that we eat to radically change. They don't want us to eat foods that make us strong. They want us to eat synthetic meat created by Bill Gates. They want us to eat bugs. They want us to drink soy milk so that we become weak and obedient. And we do as they say, and we buy what they offer. There it is. I thought that was really, really sound. And uh, now listen to this. Tedros from the WHO. Our food systems are harming the health of people and planet. Uh, So Dr. Tedros is talking to a bunch of elitists. And they're creating this, um, you know, crisis. Like, Like Eva said, Tedros wants to control your food supply. It seems that globalists who support mass depopulation and equity want to be in charge of your money through CBDCs, energy consumption, using ESG taxes, like Bill Gates was talking about, the carbon tax, right? And scandemics, using poisonous vaccines, like Bill Gates' vaccines. It's always the same people that want to depopulate the world, that want to shoot crap into your arm, are the only people allowed to speak. They're the only ones with the voice. They're the only ones that are flying around in private jets all over the place. So listen to what Tedros has to say about your food supply. They're basically saying the way we're making food is killing everybody. You, You eating properly is harmful, and we must stop that. (laughs) You can't make it up. And by the way, John Kerry has also said the same thing. He's going after agriculture. And I said, when I played that clip uh, months ago, I said, do you believe that? He, he wants to uh, conquer star, uh, famine and starvation by putting the farmers out of business. <laughs> like, as if we're supposed to believe that, right? Our food systems are harming the health of people and planet. Food systems contribute to over 30% of greenhouse gas emissions and account for almost one-third of the global burden of disease. Transforming food systems is therefore essential by shifting towards healthier, diversified, and more plant-based diets. If food systems delivered healthy diets for all, we could save 8 million lives per year. Nordic countries have been trailblazers for many policy breakthroughs, including for linking climate and nutrition. Thank you for your leadership in this area and for organizing this discussion to share experiences and lessons learned. 
WHO is committed to supporting countries to develop and implement policies to improve diets and fight climate change. Last year, under the leadership of the Egyptian COP27 presidency, WHO and our partners launched ICANN, the Initiative on Climate Action and Nutrition. The ICANN baseline report currently shows low integration of climate and nutrition in policies in funding mechanisms, and particularly in the private sector. I'm therefore very pleased that over 130 countries have signed the COP28 UAE Declaration on Climate and Health. Together, we can protect and promote the health of both people and planet. I thank you. So Tedros, the guy you just heard there, was also um, like a terrorist, you know, basically a ter- terrorist group um, in uh, northern Africa and uh, murdered tons of people, that guy. It's crazy. It's absolutely stunning. Globalists are corralling America and other Western nations with migrants, moving people from underdeveloped countries with limited food, infrastructure, and energy sources to concentrated areas to manage efficiently like livestock. The spaces left behind will be used for mining and other precious minerals and things that they, they, they want to scavenge from the country, the countries that are left vacant. You know, these countries that can't really produce food, but have lots of gold and lithium and nickel and, you know, all kinds of precious metals. So, you know, they're exploiting that aspect of it. They, they it's, Forget about colonialism. They're just taking the people out of these developing, developing nations and putting them where the food is. It's all about supply chain, all about profiteering, corporate profits. So there's this other thing, too. It says uh, this guy was like binder of classified material on Russia reportedly went missing in final Trump presidency days. Right. If Trump and I said this about the Mar-a-Lago raid and the uh, documents that were there. I said, if Trump declassified or removed missing pages from, say, Crossfire Hurricane, the Crossfire Hurricane binder, which was that Russian hoax completely fake dossier by Christopher Steele. This would present, this would prevent, so if Trump declassified and removed missing pages from the Crossfire Hurricane binder, this would prevent reclassifying those documents because they're missing. You can't classify documents that are missing. You have to see them to classify them. And if he declassified them, then removed them, then they don't have the documents to reclassify and hide. So Trump has the goods on the deep state, which it possibly is, which is possibly why Mar-a-Lago raid occurred. Since they had been declassified, anyone could be storing them. You know, Don Jr., Eric. Uh, you name it, anybody could have these documents and they wouldn't be violating any laws. 
So I thought that was kind of an important tweet that I put out there. Um, so COVID scientists issue warning, new variant could cause global heart failure pandemic. Scientists have warned a new strain of COVID could cause potential heart issues. Research into the new strain known as JN.1 could cause uh, some sort of a global crisis, right? Start a heart failure pandemic. So naturally, of course, Pfizer bought up these heart failure biotech labs for billions of dollars because <laughs> they're going to put that fire out next. They create the crisis, then they put it out, right? I said, now they have a scapegoat for myocarditis and heart failure caused by COVID-19 vaccines and another excuse to rig elections using support of the liberal U.S. Postal Service, union, liberal mail carriers, and mail-in ballot harvesters who double as Democrat ballot processors protected by Soros DAs. That's the world we're living in right now. Kind of makes you feel warm and fuzzy, doesn't it? It's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. You know what is even more nuts? Africa is about to elect South Africa. This year, the fate of South Africans, 4.51 million white citizens will be sealed. A general election will be held in a few months. And one candidate is surging. His name is Julius Malema, leader of the EFF party. Malema has openly and repeatedly called for the genocide against white people. So let's take a listen. Must never be scared to kill. A revolution demands that at some point there must be killing because the killing is part of a revolutionary act. Wow. Sounds like a real bright dude, <laughs> right? Hey, he's a smarty. He, he's going to run a country. And uh, this is, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You know, Africa, South Africa will never return from that kind of leadership. It's, it's, it's absurd, right? It's absolutely crazy. But there it is, you know, and they wonder, they wonder why they can't get ahead in life. Yesterday, a mom who lost her two sons to fentanyl poisoning told her story. Today, Biden laughed about it. This was a few months back, actually. But let's take a listen to how cavalierly and cold-hearted Joe Biden was about this woman who lost two sons to fentanyl. She, she was very specific recently saying that a mom, a poor mother who lost two kids to fentanyl, that, that I killed her sons. Well, the interesting thing is, that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. <laughs> he just laughed about it. What a scumbag. So that's Joe Biden. Now, you mean to tell me, that Joe, that fentanyl is not coming through your open border? Oh, yeah. Okay, right. It's not a laughing matter. Unbelievable. All right, so Whitney Webb... Uh, on why intel agencies are running election simulations. You got to hear this. She's so she's such a great researcher, so so smart. I love this girl. But in any case, take a listen to this. It's 2024, it's an election year, folks. Um actually it's not new reporting. It's uh I did a series on this company that was doing very weird election <laughs> simulations in the beginning of 2020, uh specifically a company called Cyber Reason. 
Yeah. And in, in that same, that same year, I was also writing about another company that's sort of gotten tied up in this called CTI League that recently has gotten some coverage, uh, from, uh, Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi, um, as part of the whole censorship yeah. discussion, but they obviously, uh, as I've been noting, and as I noted in my, my re- reports on them from 2020 have been a lot involved in a lot more than that. Um, so basically this company called Cyber Reason was conducting uh, unusual, I would say, uh, simulations with uh, the Department of Homeland Security, the FBI and law enforcement in the US. They're not a, they're not a company of, uh, founded by Americans, by the way. Um, they're all like veterans and still active more or less, um, you know, of Israeli intelligence services. And they basically conducted these simulations of uh, what types of hacks and events, cyber attacks, uh, could trigger the cancellation of a U.S. presidential election um, and the declaration of martial law. And so there's been some people that have been concerned that they made that you know, it seems like something that might happen next election cycle. Um, I don't really know. I do know that it's very likely there's going to be some sort of cyber 9-11 style event next year. Um, and that's unsettling. Uh, it is a U.S. presidential election year next year, but it's also a presidential election a year in about half of the countries of the world. So I'm sure next mm. year is going to be much more turbulent than this year was. Um, in terms of stuff on, on that scale. Um, and then you have these groups like the one of the top guys at the World Economic Forum saying a massive cyber attack uh, is likely, is not likely, but is going to come before January 2025, which of course we're in December 2023. That implies it's going to be in 2024. And this is the same group that during COVID was like, well, just wait for the cyber pandemic and it's going to be worse than COVID and all of this stuff. So... Which, by the way, the uh, World Economic Forum has a partnership against cybercrime that I've talked a lot, including at the Bitcoin conference earlier this year in May. And on our show, yeah. And here as well. uh, It's run by a career Israeli intelligence guy named Tal Goldstein. Um, It's very tied up with the biggest banks in the world, including some of the two big to fail banks from the U.S., Bank of America, um, and intelligence agencies of the U.S., U.K., and Israel. Um, that have these explicit plans to end both online and financial anonymity online and specifically um, attack crypto as a terror financing tool, which has been circulated in mainstream media and then debunked, but it still creates the impression specifically that Bitcoin is the money of terrorists. And this is an Mm -hmm. overt effort to criminalize even further the use of mixers. So, of course, you have people that have created mixers that have gotten in legal trouble. But the goal is to have anyone that uses a mixer get in legal trouble, which is a significant escalation. And we're seeing efforts worldwide to end uh, the use of encryption by individuals. All of this is very significant and there's a reason they're criminalizing Bitcoin specifically for that. And this is part of this broader effort we spoke about earlier to co-opt Bitcoin. uh, And they want to use this national security justification to take that as far as they can take it. Well, Bitcoin also is uh, standing in the way of the European Union's digital currency system or FedNow digital currency um, and so it's sort of standing in the way. It gives autonomy and independence to, you know, a lot of uh, people who don't want to be part of that system, right? So that's kind of a an interesting thing there. Um, 
All right. I have one clip I want to play here. Um, I was going to play this one in England. They're talking about bringing COVID lockdown restrictions back. And I thought, hmm, that's... But it's still a consensus that nobody wants that coming back. But in England, they're very liberal over there. But let's take a listen to this. This is a good piece uh, related to globalism and the overreach. Instead of working together to push Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum plan based oh, on... Oh, Davos is right around the corner, so... ...United Nations policies. Work together instead for our country. Klaus Schwab's life by subscription, quote, is really serfdom. It's slavery. Billionaire globalist corporations will own everything. Homes, factories, farms, cars, furniture. And everyday citizens will rent what they need. If their social credit score allows. The plan of the Great Reset is that you will die with nothing. To pull off this evil plan, Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum will need to take more than just material possessions from Australians. Senators in this very chamber today who support the Great Reset threaten our privacy, freedom and dignity. Yes, they're in this Senate chamber. One Nation vehemently opposes the Great Reset, the Digital Identity Bill, theft of agricultural land use, forcing farmers off their land and all of the Great Reset. One Nation has a comprehensive plan to bring our beautiful country back to sustainable prosperity. And in the months ahead, we will be rolling that plan out. Instead of Lib Lab pushing Klaus Schwab's Great Reset with the tagline, you will own nothing and be happy, One Nation advocates the Great Resist. We stand for a world where individuals and communities have primacy over predatory globalist billionaires and their quizzling bureaucrats, politicians and mouthpiece media. One Nation accepts the challenge to provide a better future for everyday Australians. We have one flag, we are one community, and we are one nation. Sounds a little like Trump. (laughs) Yeah. Now, globalism is the scourge of the earth, and Davos is right around the corner. So pay attention to what they're saying over there. Um, Well, that brings us to the end of the first 2024 show for The Scott Adams Show. This is the first one of the year. Uh, many more to come. So uh, be sure to check out magapack.org. Find out how you can make it, help us uh, advance America First policies to make America great again. Make a donation if you'd like to keep the Scott Adams Show commercial free. Also, use Red State as your promo code over at mypillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the it's radio. Bye bye, everybody. Grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there. 